0: Welcome to the Long Hollow Group Leader Podcast. We believe that life change happens best in circles, not rows. And so, whether we're talking about your life group, your D group, or your family, this resource exists to help you make disciples that make disciples. We are so excited uh, to be recording this podcast because that means that. Uh, you are looking at our Multiply Guide resource. This is a resource that our team has developed. We're super excited about. They have done such a great job. Really proud of just both the content, the look of it. Um, and we, we, this is a really cool resource. If you don't know what we're talking about, you can you found this episode. That's great. Go ahead to the show notes. You can get it there. But this is what this resource is. This resource is a interactive booklet for your group to help you facilitate the conversation about multiplying your D group, going from one group to multiple groups. And we realize that that is a really hard transition to make. And so we are helping to take all the guesswork out of it. We're making it simple, step-by-step, how-to. And so I'm going to give a little bit of an overview in just a second about the booklet, but I want to set a scenario that you're going to hear for each one of these conversations. So, um, Mike, help me with this scenario here. We've been meeting, we've been in a D group, you, me, a couple other guys that are not quite as cool as us. They have not <laughs> done their disciplines quite as excellent as us. Uh, they don't share their face as often as us. Um, and so they, we really, we're definitely carrying the weight of this group, but that's understandable. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: i'm choking on any, that a little bit
0: <laughs> that's right that's right so we've been meeting for 12 months and we now are, are really nine months we were coming up on that 12 month mark we were thinking man we're gonna multiply in three months so let's say it's october and we're gonna multiply in january We then are gonna get together. It's one of our D group meetings. I tell you know, I'm saying, hey everybody, here's the D group multiply guide. I give it to you beforehand. Where are we meeting? Where where's the breakfast or lunch spot?
1: Uh, We did Starbucks last time. Let's do. Black Press. Let's do Black Press. I like that place. There you
0: go. Local. I like that. So we're at Black Press. We're going to go, we're going to give that booklet. If we're there physically, we're giving them a physical booklet. If you're digital, you're giving them the digital copy of it. And you're just saying, hey, this is going to be a booklet that we are going to use over the next three months. Not every week, but there are four conversations that we want to have, and this is going to help us. And so everybody will have it, and then you'll begin to walk them through this. And so these episodes are going to help prepare you as a leader to do that well. So real quick, let me give you an overview of the book. Uh, The first conversation is why, who, and when. You're figuring out why we multiply, who's going to multiply, and when we're going to multiply what we're going to recommend is that you give yourself a longer runway than you think. An ideal number is 12 weeks. This is just because it takes time for people to identify who they're going to invite to then invite them. And, and you want to give time where somebody, maybe, maybe one member runs out way ahead and, and they have their people and they're ready to go next week. But we all know there's usually somebody in there that's struggling with names or the first people they asked didn't work and it takes a little bit longer. Mike, can you speak to the import anymore to the importance of giving yourself a little bit longer runway when it comes to preparing to multiply?
1: Yeah, so the time frame is um, vital. So if if we get to the point of multiplication and we've never talked about multiplying, and then we say, "Hey, it's time to multiply," guess what's not going to happen? Multiplication is not going to yeah. happen because we need time to process um, what is coming next. So this this twelve week. Uh, time frame is a great guideline. You know, this is probably no later than twelve weeks. You know, you don't want to wait till six. You don't want to wait till three. You definitely don't want to wait till one. A twelve-week time frame is a is a, a great amount of time for you to work through these processes, these conversations that you're going to have, because it's not just allowing them time to find people and to do these steps. It's allowing them time mentally to process what is Mm. coming and what they need to do next rather than just dropping that dime and saying, hey, guess what? Here we go. Because if we force the multiplication to happen, it might happen. We might be able to convince them to do it, but the odds of it sticking are very slim. Because if, if they're multiplying because I've convinced them to do it, if they're multiplying because I'm forcing them to do it, um, I've experienced this in groups in the past where I had this idea that, hey, this is happening and you're doing it. Uh, well, guess what? They did start, but the group lasted for about a month, two months before it fizzled out because they weren't doing it because the Holy Spirit was leading them to do it. They're doing it because I was I was not forcing, but I was pushing them to do it. Yeah. And because we were friends, because we were close, okay, well, I'm going to try this, but when it's the Holy Spirit that's driving that ship of multiplication, that's when we start to see this happen in a very healthy manner so that when the group does multiply, it goes on to multiply more groups after that.
0: Yeah, I think you know you you mentioned just getting it out in front of them early, and that's why we actually ask members whenever they sign their covenant on week one to begin praying about this. And, uh, and that just kind of is the importance to it. And so that's conversation one. Again, having that sooner than later, getting out ahead of it. Um, I, that twelve weeks is a great time frame. I think um, I will say you can you can speed that up when it's necessary. You know, like for instance, if if uh, August or January is coming and it's a little late. You can, but and it's, but you want to make sure you hit all four of these conversations, and you really want to be, you need to have good awareness as a leader to be able to say, are my people actually ready, or are they just saying they're ready? And, uh, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying, Mike. So uh, the other conversations that we're going to hit later down the road is once you establish why, who, and when, conversation two is going to be identified potential members conversation three is inviting potential members and then conversation four is celebrating and commissioning and on page two you can see this overview along with the timeline that we recommend again it's not an exact science just kind of take the general principles from that when it comes to the timeline so with that in mind let's jump into that first conversation it's on page four and it is broken up like we've already said three different movements why who and when so that first movement on this page is the why. And so if you look, we give you three different verses that we reference. I, I would go ahead and have a member pick one of those verses. Um, and so you have three verses, have three different members read them. Genesis 12, one through 3, blessed to be a blessing is the main point that you're taking from there. Matthew twenty eight sixteen through 20, that you're called to go and make disciples of all nations. Um, and then Second Timothy 2, 1 through 2, um, passing these on to faithful men. Um, and so that idea of passing it on, discipling others, the reproduction piece of the discipleship process. And so have them read that and then have the fourth member uh, read the paragraph below. And it just kind of gives you the theology of us being sent people. Who leave the comforts of our current community so that we can go and create a new community that's going to bring people in, and so we see that Jesus did that for us as He left Heaven and came to Earth. The disciples did that as they left uh, uh, Jerusalem and went to the ends of the earth. And most likely, there's somebody in your life, especially if you got invited into this D group, somebody left their existing D group to then start one so you could be in it. And so it just kind of helps you not just think theology, but that last bit helps you get personal and relational with where you are. But to be honest, Mike, that that's really not where this conversation—the most of it—is going to need to take place. You're correct. It's, yes. Yeah. It, it, like most people aren't saying, "Yeah, I disagree with the Bible. You can't change my opinion on it." <laughs> like even if they think that, they're not going to say it. Yeah. Not in the D group. <laughs> where it usually gets to are some different barriers. And so actually in that second section, the who will multiply, this is going to be what we're going to, Mike and I are going to kind of walk you through and what you want to spend most of your time doing. And so just kind of walking you through this process, the first question that you want to ask people after you've read all this is as we prepare to multiply, which describes your current posture. And so I like this. It's just simple. Uh, green light, yellow light, red light. Uh, green light is like, I'm ready to go. I could go tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. I have no concerns. Yeah, we love Mike, those guys. How often do you get green lights? How uh, often do you get green light people? Not often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's right. That's right. The most of them are yellow lights. They The yellow light says, I'm willing, but I have some cautions. I have some concerns. I'm a little nervous about it. Um, and those can vary. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. That's the most common. Yeah. And then red light is, I will not be leading a D group. They've, their mind is made up. I'm not going to be leading a D group in the upcoming season. And what we're going to talk about is there are some valid reasons for that. And there are some not valid reasons for it. Um, so that's just a quick one. I just say, hey, guys, wh- which which would you say? Red light, yellow light, green light, and why? Easy, non-threatening. People can say it. It's the next question where we really get some good conversation. Um, the next question is this: uh, We give six barriers to multiplication, um, and so I'm just going to quickly reference these, Mike, and then I want to pick your brain about how you've responded because I'm sure you've run into a few of these. Uh, you have the theology barrier. Um, like I said, that that person isn't. It's not very often. They're not going to like. I mean, they're not going to come back and say, I don't agree that Jesus wants us to go and create community for other people saying experience Jesus. They may
1: not like it, but they don't disagree with it. (laughs) That's exactly right.
0: And so that's usually not the argument or the conversation, a better word to say, that you are going to have there. Um, Another one is practical. Uh, Practical is I don't know how to multiply and start a new group. That's very normal. That's why this, 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 uh, this kit exists. That's why this guide exists. And so that's going to really help you with that person. Now let's talk about the other four, because these are the ones that I think we're going to have some good dialogue in our groups in. Um, one is the community. I don't want to leave my current group. I just love, I love this group. Why would I ever leave it? It's a common one. Yeah. That one happens a lot. Qualification. I don't feel qualified to lead others availability, I don't feel like I have the available time to lead others, and people, I don't know who I would invite. So of those last four, which one, tell us about one that you've had and how you navigated. I'll let you pick first. I'll give you first <laughs> pick. I'll, I'll take second pick.
1: Well, I'll start with the first one. So the community you mentioned, because it's 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 kind of strange to think about community as a barrier, right? Because it's what we're talking about. Um, but it is very common, especially when the group has been successful and healthy. Yeah. Uh, you know it's the air quotes up right now, you know, the downside of a healthy, productive group because everything is going so well and everybody's yeah. clicking and relationships are growing and people are, you know, they're growing together and they're growing their knowledge and love of Jesus. and all of these things are happening. It's very normal for us to say, why in the world would I ever leave this to go and do something else? Uh, And, you know, the theological answer is there, right? So, yeah, you know, we're commanded to make disciples. Multiplication is a picture throughout all of Scripture. Um, But it's the emotion of doing that that makes it complicated. Uh, So, yes, we have to understand theologically that we are supposed to do this. We're called to do this, you know. Robbie says all the time the gospel came to you because it was going to someone else. Um, yeah. But it's the emotion of saying, This is, we finally got this to where it's functioning yeah. properly. And now you want me to leave it and start something new. That's yeah. the barrier.
0: Yeah, that's a huge one. Yeah. You know, and the truth is, if you don't want to leave your group, I mean, I'm sorry, if you do want to leave your group, then I don't know if we want to multiply that group. So, like it should be hard. Yeah. And uh, and so, but again, the drop mic moment, aren't we sure glad the disciples did? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> we like that one. That's right. Um, I would go if I have in, in the second pick here, um, I would choose the qualification one. I think that's one yeah. that you get a lot. I don't feel qualified to lead others. And I actually, I, we talk about this in the "Am I Ready to Lead a D Group?" episode um, that you're that I would really encourage people to listen to. Um, there's two types of qualification, or you know, qualification issues. One is I don't feel qualified, kind of in a character side of things. I don't feel like my disciplines are good enough. I don't feel like I'm mature enough. You know, whatever it may be. I don't like there's there's a reoccurring sin in my life. I don't feel uh, like I can do it from a, just a, a, a my character is not what it needs to be. Um, and then the other is uh, a competency. It's a skill level. I'm, I don't know the knowledge. I don't have the, I've seen the way that you facilitated the group. I don't think I could do it that way. Yeah. And so either one, I think the big thing that I would tell you is one of the biggest mistakes you can make is to think that a discipler is a teacher, like a teacher It's this expert who sits in front of a classroom and tells you all the knowledge that they have and say, you know, be like me. No, like, that a discipler says imitate me as I imitate Christ. It says I'm one step ahead in this area, run with me. And so I think um, that am I leading a D group or am I ready to lead a D group episode is going to be really helpful there with the qualification one, with the community one. Um, If you struggle with people, I would say the next conversation, conversation two, identifying new people is going to be really helpful. So just hang in there with us. And then for availability, speak from your position as a leader and think how much more time did it take you as the leader of this d group versus the member of this d group and what i think you'll see is what i've experienced mike i don't know about you is there's really not a big difference between being a member of a group and being a leader of a a group
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: But there is a perception. If you're a member, you think that that leader has a a lot more of a time commitment. It just means, hey, you got to listen to Mike and Vic do a podcast every week. (laughs) Sorry. Oh (laughs) man, That's right. So that's going to help you have that conversation there of what barriers. But then this is the thing we want to figure out is the barrier that they have legitimate. And so that's why that question, Mike, I'm stealing this from you because I like it so much. What you're trying to identify is, are you telling God not now? Or is God telling you not now?
1: Yeah, that's genius. That's genius, Mike. <laughs> I'm
0: so glad you thought of that. It's so good. But like, I think what we're what it's getting at is there's legitimate barriers that should say, hey, right now it's a red light for me. And then there's times where, no, I need to push through that. That's my own fear and insecurity. Yeah. And so that yellow light needs to move to a green light. And so you're just trying to figure that out and the group's going to help there. You know, I think the group say, man, you are totally qualified to lead this. Hey, I hear that you're struggling with that. Why don't we team this up together? You know, but what you're trying to do is help people get out of that middle ground of the yellow light and pick a red or a, a green.
1: Yeah, it's such an important question to ask because what we don't want is guilt driven groups. Right. So you got yeah, Rick like Warren's that. purpose-driven life. Right. So we don't want guilt-driven groups because you probably, if you are a leader, you know, if, you know, you got any type of sales experience in that kind of stuff, you could probably talk these guys into doing it, but mm-hmm. we have to understand there's legitimate reasons. It's not just them making excuses. You know, yeah. they could be legitimate you know, scheduling and all all these things that go into play here. Um, And it has to be a safe environment for them to be honest with you enough to tell you the truth without judgment or guilt or Jesus juking or any of those types of things. Because at the end of the day, if the Holy Spirit is not leading them to do it, it's going to fail.
0: That's right. And there's good reasons why they shouldn't do it. And even if it's bad reasons that they should, uh, like, in other words, they should be doing it if you're the one who pushes it and drags them to, and they don't do it on the, their own, that group's not going to last. It's just not going to be a healthy group. And so um, the final two questions that you would want to go through, if they, after this, you've hopefully moved them into a red light or green light, a yes or a no. Um, and if not, I'll say this, if they're still to yell, I just say, Hey, pray about it. Think on it next week. We don't need an answer today. But for those that have said, yeah, I'm in, yeah, we're going to do this. You want to tell them what type of group are you going to lead. That may be an adult group, digital or physical. It may be a student group, um, or it may be a D group with their family. Uh, Either way, you want to figure out what type of group they're going to do. And then if not, this is a question that I always ask. So you have the red light person um, and they said, man, it's just, this is not the season upcoming. A question that I like to ask is what is your plan then to surround yourself in biblical community? And what is your plan to make disciples? Because, that ultimately is between them and God. You, you're supposed to be in community, and you're supposed to be sharing your faith and, and making disciples. And uh, and in some way, you need to be a part of that. And so by asking them that, it, it puts it between them and says, man, maybe it's not a D group, but in some way, you need to be a part of the Great Commission and being in Acts 2 community. I want to finish, uh, on page five, you'll see, we've, we said why you should do it. How do you navigate that conversation of who is going to multiply? And then when you finally get to the end, when will we multiply? Just you, you've got an idea. You may have had this conversation and there seems a lot of obstacles. A lot of people are concerned about it. And you may say, man, like what, I think that's a good question of, Hey, what obstacles do you see between now and us launching? Um, man, I feel like I need to grow in this or I need to do this. And then just setting a date and saying, "Hey, here's what we're going to work towards. This isn't absolute, but here's a date we're going to work towards." And uh, and just keep in mind your schedule, the rhythms, like August and January. You're gonna you're gonna want to make sure you start that group then, if if possible, because that's when everybody's trying to get on a reading plan and start their new rhythms. And so you put that date and you write it down, and then you begin to pray towards it. And so that's your first uh, conversation. And what you want to do is we're going to then prepare for the next conversation, which can happen as soon as the next week, which is going to be identifying potential members. And so I'm asking people, hey, begin to think about who in your group could be in your discipleship group. And I tell them, go to page eight so they can see men and women of faith, the type of people that we want to bring into the group. We'll talk more about that in the next podcast. And then lastly, I'm going to say, hey, we want each week we're going to rotate who is leading our D group so that each of you make sure you get practice leading your group. And so that when you go and lead your own by yourself, it's not your first time. And you can go to the example meeting on page 18 to see how that uh, how to do that uh, time. And so, uh, we'll talk more about that, what it looks like in the coming episodes, but we hope that gets you a strong start in your first conversation as you help your D group multiply, and we'll see you uh, for the next conversation as we identify potential members.